Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Curious Conversations with Tully and Sarah. We sit down and chat with business owners, entrepreneurs, and some of the best conversation starters. This is a podcast about real life lessons and people doing cool shit. Tully. Hi, Sarah. What's up? Are we recording? Yeah, we are. Oh, the little cheeky bugger. Cheeky little cheeky little press record. record. What's going on? Just waiting for you to say something. But oh, you didn't. I didn't have anything witty for you. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. This Wednesday could be very exciting oh, for I us. know. So obviously we record this a few days before Wednesday, so it's currently Friday. But I think we potentially might be free by next Friday. I, I don't know, but I hope th- there's potential that we could have a drink at the pub on Friday. I'm that excited. So if they announce that we're out, we are going straight You'll see me running. I'll be running to Albert Park Hotel. Yeah, seriously. So I hope when we listen to this that we know we're getting out of lockdown because it's been a very long 70-something days, I think it is now. We're 260. Well, this lockdown was supposed to be seven-day, a snapshot lockdown, which now has turned into something I think probably by the time this is out it might be up to 80. I don't know. To be honest, it's been bloody wild ride and we've been talking to some friends the last couple of days and you sum it up perfectly that it's quite like weird coming out of lockdown for us like it's been a long two years yeah it's gonna be strange and someone said yesterday Stockholm syndrome and I was like fuck you're actually right like we've all formed these lockdown routines which have got us through lockdown Um, and breaking those routines actually makes me a little bit nervous. But you're right. Like we have these routines and Mm. for people who love routines like you and I, it's going to be very, very difficult. It is. But like I said to one of the girls yesterday, it's like, yeah, it's going to be difficult and we'll probably struggle for a week or so, but we will snap out of it very quickly. And we just have to remember, and this goes for everyone listening as well, that is based in Melbourne, we just have to remember we don't want to be back in lockdown. No. It's shit. It's not nice. So we have to think of, again, using gratitude, being gratitude, gratitude, being grateful that we're free Yep, because it's shit. And another thing, just look after yourselves. Mm-hmm. I know last year's lockdown, when we came out, you had me booked up basically for a month. <laughs> I literally did. If everyone listens to this, we all know I'm an organiser. Love to organise a get together. And I've already organised, I think, three things already Yeah, but, with all the girls. But it can be exhausting too. Oh, 100%. But the opposite does happen to me where I freak out if I don't have anything planned yeah. and I feel like I'm wasting my life. It's a ridiculous thing, and I have spoke about it on the podcast before. Do you think other people think like us, or is this is just a conversation because our brains are just very, very different? <sighs> I don't know. I'm not sure. What would you different to each other, or just no? Different like, do you in think general? people listening to this like thinking you guys are fucked? Yeah, like, I have no idea. But anyway, I'm sure people can relate to what we're talking about. We get messages all the time saying we relate to what you're talking about. 
Anyway, if you don't relate to it, this is an inside to Sarah's brain and inside to my brain. This is what's currently going on. <laughs> Good times. Anyway, on today's episode, we were lucky enough to be joined by Jess Williamson and she is, uh, I would say, a serial entrepreneur. Yep. Yep. Uh, a business coach and she was a legend. I really loved talking to her and I actually got a lot out of it. Yeah. I I didn't know much about Jess but brief background, five businesses, mm-hmm. now mentors people in a sense as well as like yeah. coaching. And I took a lot from it too. Yeah. There was one little tool that she gave us that I will be doing as of tonight Yep, and every workday. Yep. I think it was a really, really good tool. And I think if you guys listen, I think you'll, if you run a business, you'll take, not even if you don't run a business, if you're working for another company and stuff, I think it's a really important tool to do because we can get very stuck um, and get into a, a lull. Yeah. I think in work and business and everything and it's normal. Anyway, it was a really good episode. I liked it. I took a lot out of it. Yes, me yes. too. Great. Well, and it was t- a good episode. You're investing in a business coach now. I think I am. No, we are together. Yes, we are together. So, But I also want it to be more of a personal coach as well. I think there's a lot of elements of business and work for both of us um, that we probably need to work on um, and there's things that, you know, each of us are strong at or maybe you're strong at something I'm weak at and maybe my negative core belief, I I say I'm dumb a lot. I'm not dumb, but that's kind of like my thing. And I feel like by having someone stepping in and helping me, I potentially can do those things, but I choose not to do them because my mindset. Yep. And she talks a lot about that. So I think it'll be quite helpful. And we also have some um, links down below of the show of some of the programs yeah. or um and the little, the, little, the little freebie one too. Exactly, of what Jess talks about on the podcast. So go ahead and download those and we hope that you love the episode. And show Jess some love. Yeah, 100%. And have a beautiful Wednesday and let's hope the next episode we're talking about our weekend in freedom. And our hangovers probably. <laughs> Fuck, I think I'm going to have like a week hangover. Tequila Tully yeah. will be Oh, out. I'm that excited for a margarita that I oh. haven't made. Um, but yeah, so don't forget to like, subscribe and share with all your friends and have a great Wednesday. Love you guys. Love you guys. Bye. Hi, Jess. Hey guys. How are you? We're doing well. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. We're really good actually. It's nice to see your face on Zoom. Yeah. Good to connect. Hopefully we can meet in person one time. I know. Seriously. For everyone who doesn't know, you're located in Western Australia, aka the Freedom State. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're allowed to roam around, but it's at least it's a big cage, you know. Yeah. (laughs) We're not allowed to leave, um, but at least it's a big cage, so I'm not complaining. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we're excited to have you on. So um, just give us a little bit of a rundown. You're obviously like an entrepreneur. You've had a few businesses. I think it's four. Is that right? Four sold businesses? Yeah, sometimes I say four. Sometimes I say five because I had like side hustles to my side hustles. Uh (laughs) And now you're helping a lot of uh, women in business, which we're super passionate about and we love that. So just tell us a little bit about Jess. Yeah, so... I mean, where do I start? <laughs> How far back do we go? But I know, seriously. I um, started my first business, Etty Swimwear, when I was 22 and I was working full-time in digital marketing and I'd always been quite entrepreneurial. So I'd always started these little businesses when I was younger, but it just wasn't really a thing. You know, mm-hmm. people weren't doing this young, which is really cool that so many young kids are getting into it these days. Um, so I started the swimwear brand and 
I had this idea, I'm going to create a swimwear brand. And at the time, all the fashion was just like black and khaki. And I was like, as you can tell, I've got a pink wall behind me. I'm like, where's the pink? Where's the, I'm like a child. I'm like, where's the pink? Where's the frills? Where's the pretty stuff? So I thought I'm just going to make my own and I'm going to make it a global swimmer brand. And I just decided this from day one. I never really thought, oh, maybe I should not make it global. It just wasn't a thought that crossed my mind. So I kind of went in with that mindset and then I, it only took me maybe seven months to have the idea and manufacture and you guys would know I'm like how the hell did I do that because now I mean I've just sold the business but it was taking me six to 12 months per collection yeah (laughs) when I knew what I was doing and I had zero experience in fashion zero experience in manufacturing business all I had was a marketing degree and a bit of experience in marketing so kind of just winged it and I actually came to Melbourne and I did my first shoot in Mornington Peninsula because there was a a photographer down there that I just loved so I came over for that and kind of I feel like that mindset coupled with then the actions that I took really put the brand alongside big big brands that have been around for a while and then it was in the very first week of operating that I got an email inviting me to New York Fashion Week and I was like this has got to be a scam. Like who the heck is inviting me after one week in business? And it wasn't a scam. And I ended up going to New York within six months and, you know, being on the stage with other top brands from all over Australia, which was really, really cool. But mindset played a huge role in every single step of my journey. And it wasn't until I did a lot of my trainings and things and looked back and spoke to other entrepreneurs that I realized not everyone thinks like that. Not everyone's like, hell yes, I'll go to New York or hell yes, I'm going to make it global. I'm going to go to Melbourne and do a proper photo shoot. I'm not going to, you know, practice. I hear a lot of this, can I just practice, Jess? I'm like, what are we practicing for? You know, it's it's now. So mindset was the, the biggest part of that journey and um, why the brand sort of took off so quickly as well. Yeah, amazing. What do you think were the the key things for the business that made it go global apart from New York Fashion Week? How did you get all those consumers and customers? Yeah, so obviously with my background with digital marketing, I used to actually just create Instagram accounts for fun and this was back when it was easier to grow them as well. Mm -hmm. But I used to just create Instagram accounts for fun, like a homewares one or whatever I was interested in, grow it to like 5,000 followers. Then I would make a new one. (laughs) And um, I was like, damn it, if I kept it that, I could have been like one of the top influencers in in homewares by now. (laughs) Um, But I used to just create Instagram accounts for fun and just play and like, because they didn't teach you that at uni. I did a whole marketing degree and there was no element of digital or social media at all. And so I just used to practice. So I built up the Instagram account to about 5,000 people before I launched. And then after that, I grew it quickly to like 20,000 in about three months. So um, it grew really quickly. And that was just me. I was posting every two hours. So I don't know oh, wow. if you guys on the platform back then, but that was the strategy. Yeah. Posted, and then the timestamp would change to two hours. You'd be like, right, another post. And so I was sitting at my full-time job at my desk, posting every two hours, just whatever it was. It was more like quantity is better than quality back then. Yeah, it was, wasn't um, it? Yeah. So I was like every two hours posting on there. And then I worked with quite a lot of influencers. And I thought instead of choosing just influencers in Australia, I'm going to just choose influencers that 100% embody the brand. And that was my criteria rather than 
going for, okay, I'm an Australian brand, I've got to choose Australians. I just thought, who really embodies the brand, regardless of where they were, and I shipped them out and stuff. So that was really what helped it go global from day one because I had people all around the world, but they were so specific and so niche that everyone that followed them loved the kind of style that I was creating. So that was kind of my strategy in the beginning. And I was just kind of figuring out how can I do this when I've got no money, you know? So I was just hustling and and doing everything myself. So you said you uh, send a lot of stuff for influencers. Obviously the influencer world now is quite big and Mm. you pay influencers to post. You weren't paying anyone back then, just sending gifts. Um, some of them I did pay. Okay. Um, so some were charging, but I learned some pretty quick lessons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, because I did, I paid someone, um, an influencer who had like 500k following, which back then was huge. Mm-hmm. It still is huge. Um, but she had 500k, and I was like, right, I'm going to pay her because this is going to be massive. But she was like, this influencer was like all about the big fake boobs and like mm. barely any clothing and the legs spread in every shot. And I was like, if anyone's seen my brand, it's very like coloured and feminine and Mm -hmm. like, and that's cool as well, but it did not align with the brand whatsoever. And I just had a ton of men then come and follow, which wasn't aligned. So I learned some pretty quick lessons on that. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) How do you think it is for people starting businesses now and social media? How do do they grow their business now? Algorithms and all that have changed. Yeah, I still think social media can be super powerful, which I'm sure you guys have experienced Mm. as well. But people need to be more niche than ever and really understand every in and out of their audience. So I think it needs to be more about like building relationships rather than just before it was like, how pretty is the photo, you know? So Mm. now it's really about generating conversations in the DMs and actually connecting and replying to comments and, you know, having a brand that has a personality or or has something that they can connect with and get on board with like a lot of brands are going sustainability route or body positivity or having a purpose as well that people like this is what I'm about I'm going to you know connect and support this brand as well Mm. I just want to go back to when you started the swimwear brand Mm. because I know a lot of people ask ask this question in particular me all the time how did you find your supplier? Did you struggle and did you manufacture in Australia or overseas? Yeah, so I went straight overseas because my brain was just like, I'm global. I've got to, you know, this was just the way my brain was working. And people often ask me this as well. And I contacted over a hundred different factories. And that wasn't just contact, that was actually conversations back and forward with like a hundred. So I probably contacted like way, way more. And some of them just didn't reply. So I went straight to China and, you know, it kind of is the home for manufacturing. A lot of people go to all sorts of places now, but um, China still is quite a good place. I don't know where you guys um, are currently. Are you in China? We as well? started. Um, I started in Indonesia, like so yeah. Bali, and now we're in China. Yeah, but and trying to manufacture this, in other places. Yeah, people have this, um, I guess, idea of China that it's not ethical and it's so bad and all of this, but they're actually super regulated. There are parts of it, you know, yeah. but you can get a lot of those certifications and stuff. So for me, it took like I was just kind of like again, I was at my full-time job, but I remember like I was taking my phone to the tour. I was on my yeah. phone. Was it like I was messaging these people 24-7 because I'm someone who's quite impatient. So 
I wasn't like, oh, I'll get to that later. I was like, no, 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 it's got to be now yeah. and I've got to reply within like five seconds, which ended up leading me to burnout, but that's mm-hmm. another <laughs> story. So, yeah, I contacted like 100 different ones and got a bunch of samples and some ended up like nappies. Like, honestly, yeah. the front was the same size as the back. Yeah. So the yeah. back barely made it halfway up. The front was like five times too big. So I went through a few, but I finally found one that was kind of 80% where I wanted it um, just to get started and... They were great. I worked with them for maybe one or two years, but then, you know, as you grow or change, they couldn't do some of the more intricate work that I wanted. So I changed factories probably three or four times in five years. Yeah, it's pretty normal, isn't it? Mm. Throughout this process, did you have a mentor or how did you grow yourself through this whole Mm. process? Yeah, I didn't have my first, I guess, coach until probably, I think it was three or four years in by that point. So I was just literally winging it, making it up as I went, trial and error, get back up and then keep going. Mm-hmm. So I I figured a lot of things out the hard way, like spent a lot of money on things that didn't work. Um, but I think that's how you've got to be in business. And again, it comes back down to mindset. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have the mindset that this is going to be a success or, um, you know, I didn't look at myself as a failure, even though I had plenty of failures, I never looked at them as failures. So literally... I would say the core of everything that I did came back to mindset. There's a million strategies out there. There's Google, like everything I figured out myself. And if I can figure it out, other people can figure it out, but they let their mindset stop them and get in the way. And they say, oh, it's too hard. Or honestly, I have to coach my clients all the time. They contact two people and they decide, oh, two people didn't reply. No one wants it. I'm going to give up. What else can I try, Jess? And I said, no, (laughs) you've got to email like hundreds of people or, you know, you've got to just keep at it. So people are looking for the quick wins. And I think things like TikTok and stuff, people are like seeing these brands go viral overnight. Great. But how sustainable is that firstly? And secondly, they're the 1% and people are comparing themselves to that. And I have to remind my clients like on a daily basis, we're in it for the long run. We're going to keep going just because it didn't happen overnight doesn't mean it's not going to happen, you know? So you have the swimwear brand, five years in, you decide to sell. Mm -hmm. Is that right? To an international buyer? Yep. Why was that? Yeah. So we actually ended up um, having warehouses in the USA and Mm -hmm. I had a lot of customers in Europe at one point, but then I stopped marketing and working with influencers there just because of the import duties. Yeah. A lot of customers would then get it and then refuse it at customs. And I'm like, it's your country. Don't you know you've mm. got import duties? But so then we focused on the US and Australia. And the US is just such a bigger market than Australia. Um, they tend to buy swimwear from about March to August. So it's quite a, a longer time because they have spring break and all sorts of stuff. Whereas Australia, because of Christmas, I had a window of October to November. Oh, wow. That's pretty much it because December, people have already got their swimwear or they're True. thinking about Christmas. And then January, people decide summer's over, even though it lasts till, you know, April or so. <laughs> so um, Australia is such a small market and Australians, I found, all just want the same stuff. So it's like they all just want the same brand that their friends have. So there's like a few key brands. And so America, they really loved Australians' things. And so with all of that combined, it just took off a lot more in the US and and plus, there's way bigger retailers there. They were ordering like tens of thousands of dollars of stock at once, whereas Australian 
is like $1,000 and you can barely yeah. pay for that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, I focused a lot of the energy there. And so we worked, we had the warehouse and everything was kind of set up over there. So it mm-hmm. made sense for someone in the US to want to buy it. Um, and I just personally lost the passion, you know. Yeah. I'd done it for five years, got it to where I could. And like I was either going to keep going with it and I got it to a point where I was only really needing to spend one to two hours a day on it because I'd mm-hmm. scaled it and got people taking over certain parts of it and the order fulfillment was all outsourced. So that was good, but my passion wasn't there. So I wasn't being like proactive or thinking of new innovative ideas and things. I was just kind of like, it's ticking along. So mm-hmm. I knew that if I stayed in that mentality, it's going to start to go down, you know, downhill. So thought might as well give someone else who's got a new excitement for it um they might as well take it over and not let all my hard work go to waste by just you know shutting it down as well yeah and I saw on Instagram it's still alive today it's still operating Mm -hmm. isn't it yeah it is I try not to I personally try not to look at it do you um I think they're all they're still using all of my own photos so Uh all of the photos I shot myself I ended up teaching myself photography oh wow um so a lot of the photos I ended up shooting myself so a lot of the photos that they're still using are are all mine so um yeah I haven't seen where they're going to take it yet and all the designs are still mine as well so they've just kind of restocked some of the popular ones until they get used to it but um yeah, I'm trying not to look at it, to be honest. Yeah. That's like a past thing. I feel like that's good. You're on like a new road, a new journey, focus on yeah. something else. Yeah. So you sold the business. Now you currently have, a, like I said before, a coaching business, which I love. And I think I said this before we were talking, I've actually been researching. It's very easy in business, we were talking before, to like plateau. Um, and Tally Lou for us is like nine years old and you find you do plateau. So it's really important to have a business coach. Now tell us about this and why you started. Yeah. So I started coaching about three years ago. So Mm -hmm. before COVID, I was actually running five businesses at once. Um, So it was a little bit hectic. And like I shared with you guys before, I was on a plane every three weeks um, for different reasons, but I had like an events venue here in Perth. So bricks and mortar. I had an influencer travel agency where I used to take influencers to Fiji with Sundays, all of these Mm -hmm. cool locations. Um, and I had the swimwear. So I had pretty much had every business model you could try. Um, and so then I started coaching about three years ago and I was going through a coaching program at the time and we did a lot of like meditations and stuff as well as action taking. And in, and I never meditated back then. And so in this meditation, an idea just came to me. I was like, I need to represent young females in business and like help them because there was no one really there to help me that I could identify with now it's great that there's lots of um, female coaches now but five years ago there was just like old men and I was like this is not my way of business I'm not here to hustle all day you know and sacrifice health and everything else so I've been on my own journey with that and so I ended up um, that coach actually paid for me to do a lot of the certifications because they had coaches that worked for them so I ended up working for them um, for a little bit as well as doing my own but it was, it just didn't gel with me. It was all about like smoke and mirrors and like, let's try and trick, you know, into signing up. And they didn't Mm -hmm. consciously say that, but it was just the vibe that I got and very male vibe. And I was like, this is not for me. So (laughs) um, I finished up with that and, 
yeah, really went hard on on my coaching for probably the past two years. And so I've been through a bunch of different certifications in like NLP, mindset, you know, um, life coaching, all of these sort of things all combined with my experience in like five different business models mm-hmm. and, you know, my my personal, I guess, mindset of, you know, pushing through and, and overcoming those barriers. So that's really what I'm excited about because I am seeing a lot of coaches at the moment popping up and they've done the life coaching certs, they've done the mindset certs, and then they coach people in business. And I'm like, but you haven't had a business. Had a business. Yeah, yeah you're right. It's great because they're coaching other coaches how to make their coaching business, but then it becomes this like pyramid of just mm. coaches, coaching coaches. And then, you know, that's where it goes, which is great because like they need it and they can still provide value in a way, but I like to coach a variety of businesses. And so I think sometimes it is good if you have actually experienced it because in theory, I had a business degree. I had marketing degree. I tried it in my own business. Doesn't work the same as, you know, working for a corporate or, you know, in theory from uni. So I think that's, I guess, a little bit of what sets me apart, but also I'm pretty down to earth. Like I literally share everything. If people ask me a question, like I've given some of my clients my swimwear factory back when I was still running it and they had a swimwear brand. Like I'm an open book and I just really want to see other women succeed as well. That's amazing. Yeah. Jess, I have a question. For people who might be listening thinking, oh God, maybe I might need a coach. Mm. How do you know if you need a coach? I think everyone does. Like I personally have a coach because I think if you think you know everything, you've got a lesson coming, you know. (laughs) So um, I think we can always continue learning and growing, but at the same time, not everyone is ready for that. So it's kind of like, you know, if someone's wanting to lose weight and they they haven't decided they want to lose weight yet, you can't push them into the gym. It's the same as with mindset and, and business. So for me, I have like a pretty crazy like form that people even fill out before I even jump on a call with them to see if they're the right fit. And I need to make sure that they're actually ready for personal growth and business growth because you guys would have experienced it. Starting a business is like the best personal development course Mm. you'll ever do. Mm. (laughs) And so if they're not ready to grow personally as well as in their business, there's only so much I can do. You know, I can't run their business for them. And as a coach, I'm there to guide them, hold them accountable, give them the tools, everything they need um, and pull them back on track when they're getting off track. But unless they're ready to have that growth, then um, there's only so much I can do. Is there any advice for anyone who's listening who would love to have a coach but can't afford to have a coach? Is there anything online that they can go listen to, read Mm. or anything that can help them? Yeah, good. a good place to start would be my money mindset. Um, I did a whole podcast episode on money mindset. Um, mm. I could even give you guys the link if that's easier. But I think one time, I'll just guess, I'll share a story. One time I invested in a coach that was $50,000 wow. and I did not even have $10,000, right? Mm. So sometimes with money mindset, and this is like the power of the mind, if you decide you're going to do something, your brain then starts looking for all the opportunities to make it possible. Mm -hmm. But if you decide that I don't have money or I can't afford things, your brain has the answer. It's like, cool, I can't afford it. I'll sit back and relax. Don't need to do anything about it. But if we tell our brains that I'm going to do this, I need to do this, you know, and commit to it, our brain starts looking for ways. It's like, how do I find the money? Where do I make more money? Um, And to be honest, I don't know how I paid for it. I didn't consciously think, oh, I'm going to get a, a $50,000 loan out. Um, 
but things just happened. And I even had a client and it sounds crazy until you kind of experience it. It's like, this sounds ridiculous, Jess, but I had a client and she was so afraid to spend money on her branding and she knew she had to. And she finally worked up the courage to pay $300 for a branding package, which is a fairly cheap branding Mm -hmm. package. Um, So she paid $300 for that and literally the next day, and she wasn't really getting many orders through her store or anything, literally the next day, someone placed an order for $300. It was like a dollar amount of how much she just spent. And so things were manifesting. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it is. It's yeah, exactly like that. So um, our brains are always wanting to do the best for us. So that would be a good place to start is um, getting to the point where you know that if you don't do something and you can find not all coaches. I'm, I don't charge $50,000, but you know, not all coaches are going to be super expensive. So you might even start with a small course or something that can get you a little bit of momentum or change your mindset or help you with the money situation or mm-hmm. whatever it is. But what I do with my coaching clients, and I do a lot of my coaching one-on-one because I think there's courses and stuff out there, but you watch the course and you're like, cool, got the concept, but don't know how it applies to me. Um, And I feel like a lot of people are out there just like, I want to grow my business. I need more sales. I want to grow my business. And I would say 90% of the clients that come to me, their goal is to like, I want to hit six figures or I want to hit seven figures. And they've just plucked that out of thin air. (laughs) They don't have a reason why they want to hit that. They don't know where that idea has come from. Usually it's come from Instagram and they've seen someone else hit six figures and they've decided, oh, that's what success means. I need to do that too. So I actually work out with them, well, what does success mean to you firstly? Because you're seeing all this stuff online and you've decided that's success, but do you really want to be jet setting every three weeks and Mm -hmm. never spending any time with your kids? Oh yeah, actually I don't, you know? So people subscribe to these ideas of success that they don't actually want. So I always work that out with them first. And to be honest, we consciously don't really think about this. Mm. So I really challenge their thinking and, um, get to the bottom of what they really want. And then we map out the business to get them there, which sometimes, again, looks completely different to what they thought they were going to. A lot of my coaching clients still jump on the calls and they're like, Jess, this is not what I thought you were going to tell me today. Um, And one of my clients was just really overwhelmed. And so I said, book a two-day holiday, go Mm. for a two-day holiday. And she was like, Jess, I thought you were just going to tell me to hustle harder, get over it, you know, toughen up. And I was like, no, because that's not the way our brain works. You're lacking something. And so we need to take a step out or, you know, we need to do these certain things. So at the end, my goal is to help people build businesses that support that idea of success without having to like hustle and burn out and all of that because I've been there. I used to not even eat breakfast until like 3 p.m. because I was oh, wow. like, wake up business. Cause I'd have like this anxiety around so much to do. I've just got to jump into it. And then I'd be on a roll and I'd forget mm-hmm. to eat. And so I was like, we're not doing that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm not, not taking my clients down that route. So I have a question because uh, obviously the, I'm so interested in this. Just say example for me, um, what if I wanted to come see you, but I kind of wanted to see, just say our business already has a mentor or something like that. What if I wanted to come and see you more asking for a friend, (laughs) Um, more for my personal growth and how to work better in the business, but not so much the business as such. Does that make sense? Yeah. So all of my coaching, all of my coaching is like life coaching in a way. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Huge business focus because a lot of my clients, like 
they're having a tough time in lockdown or they're having a tough time with their kids or all of that plays a part in how you show up in your business. Exactly. Like you can't just ignore that stuff mm-hmm. and just get into the business, you know, especially as females, um, you know, with our cycles or all of the things play a part. So I quite often chat to my clients about their family or their, mm-hmm. you know, some of them are currently working other jobs. So I, I coach them through how to manage their energy at their other jobs and things like that because it all plays a role in business. So mm-hmm. I work mostly on mindset and then simple strategies to get you there. I'm not all about the crazy um, hacks and stuff because it can be simple. So, yeah, a lot of it I do work on the whole picture because you can't just, I mean, if I said to some of my clients, they come to me and they're running a business where they're absolutely maxed out and I say, well, if you just 10 times your price, then you'll be fine. They're not going to do it because they'll think, well, no one would pay that. I'm not worthy of that. So, I kind of take a, a full rounded approach to coaching really. Yeah. Love that. Now, out of the whole coaching business, you have mentioned mindset quite a lot. Is that your favorite part of what you do? Yes and no, because okay. I don't sort of say, all right, let's just go and meditate all day or, mm-hmm. you know, do that. But I use mindset as a tool to get them there. So one activity that I guess I could share, one activity that I share with my clients sometimes is if they're feeling like they're not getting enough done. You know, we're quite hard on ourselves or maybe they're overwhelmed, things like that, or they're just always looking at the stuff that's going wrong. Mm -hmm. The more that you focus on the things going wrong, the more things are going to go wrong and Mm -hmm. we're just not going to feel great about it. So one activity that I use is just write down each day three things that you are proud of achieving. And so we hear this thing about gratitude, but I'm like, if I write that I'm grateful for my home, I'm grateful for my family, I'm grateful that I've got food, like the basic necessities, that's not going to help me feel better in my business. So I use mindset as a tool, and this is just one thing, like quite often it's more like a therapy session, to be honest, (laughs) when I work with mindset. But I get them to write three things they're proud of achieving in their business, and I say to them, write it about you. It's not about I achieved five sales today. You, you know, it's got nothing to do with you, but I showed up in my business and I achieved five sales, you know, like write that. it from mm-hmm. your perspective, because mm-hmm. then it's reinforcing to your mind, I did this. Yeah. And the more that we can reinforce that I did this, it keeps our focus on what's going good. Therefore, more good will happen. But also it shows us that we can do it. And therefore, going into new challenges or um, new opportunities, we've decided that we can do it and therefore we do do it because, you know, whatever we think becomes our reality. So just a little simple task like that. We don't chat about mindset like the whole time. A lot of it is strategies. But if I mm-hmm. say to them 10 times your price because I know that's the strategy they need to do, it's not going to happen. So I kind of use mindset in a way and we chat through why that would be good or we start small so that we can um, reinforce that idea that they can charge that and they have some successes with that with their mindset, and then we can continue to increase it from there. So Mm. that's why I love the one-on-one because no one's brain works the same. No one's goals are the same. No one's business is the same. And so um, I don't have a curriculum that I follow. It's just we work on what we need to work on. Mm -hmm. I like that. Uh, That was one of my favourite tips. Yeah, it was too for me. You're right. Even for me personally, at night I go to bed and I write what I'm grateful for. Yeah, like I was grateful for that walk today. Yeah. And you're so right. And I think as females, and especially Sarah and I, 
when you were saying that, I'm like, oh my God, we do this. We never acknowledge like our wins, our wins ever. And I think it's a female thing and it's so ridiculous because we should be, because it's exactly what you were saying before. You think good things, you think positive, then positive outcomes happen. Yeah. So my favorite mm. little point there. I've actually, um, I've actually literally just launched. Oh wow! Oh yeah, so on your website. Um, this journal, which literally has a lesson, so it's a journal, the same price as a normal journal, but it has a lesson, pretty much like that. I'm proud of um, tip for every single section in this book. So there's, um, I have like a daily, a daily um, journaling section in here as well as goals, and it's like I am proud of myself for, and it's got that section in there plus a few other activities, and so I'm I shared like lessons around this, so. I'm going to send you guys one of these. So. Oh, thank you so <laughs> um, much. Send you can one people, of those. Can people find that on your website? Yeah, they can find it on my website or or um, the links in my bio on Instagram mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, I wanted to create a journal because I realised people were doing, you're like, gratitude's about that sort of stuff is great. Like, I'm grateful for my home and things. But when we think about it, it's like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's like bare necessities, you know, to survive. Then we've got, you know, I don't know what all the ranks are, but, you know, at the top we've got like self-actualization and things. So most people in business are working up the top pillar. So we need to kind of do gratitudes that work on that. And you're right. If, say, someone's focusing on business, they can write three things they're proud of there. And if they're focusing on health, they write three things they're Mm -hmm. proud of that they contributed to their health, like they drank water, they ate healthy foods. It's whatever area you want to focus on. Yeah, I really do like that. That That's really good. What does a day look like for you? Because just speaking to you now, seeing you, you seem like a very calm and grounded person. Yeah, I, do. I was thinking that before. <laughs> uh, um, I'm like, how do I get that? <laughs> if you caught me, like, yeah. if you got me two years ago, like, I honestly was operating on adrenaline. Yeah. 100%. And so last year I decided I need to sort out my health. So I, like, stopped taking the pill and I was like, I need to just sort everything out. Let's just do all of it. And it's still a journey for me. Like some days um, I'll be working like a crazy woman, but for me, it was kind of exiting a bunch of those businesses. So obviously the influencer travel business stopped um, because of all the travel restrictions. Mm-hmm. The swimwear business I exited, the events venue I exited. So now I'm just doing my coaching and I'm learning to slow down. But as a child, I literally used to run everywhere and bang into the walls because walking was too slow. So mm-hmm. this kind of mindset that I've just had my whole life. So I'm learning to slow down. And so over the past couple of years, I've worked on my health. And actually today's a Friday when we're recording this. And Fridays I put into my schedule, Fridays, I don't, I'm here, but I don't normally do any meetings or Quite any like um, coaching calls or anything on Fridays, nothing. Because Fridays, if I need to, I'll catch up on work. If I need to, I'll do a bit of learning and upskilling. And so often we don't make time for learning and upskilling, firstly, and I love doing that. Or today, to be honest, I'm going to the beach because it's 32 degrees. Jesus, don't tell us that. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. It's the only hot day that we have. One day and there's back to rain. So I'm like, in a normal job, I used to hate sitting in the office seeing the only hot day that landed on a damn Wednesday and I'm mm-hmm. freezing inside. And so that's the whole reason I started my business. And I thought when I started my swimwear brand, I started a damn swimwear brand and I probably went to the beach twice in the whole year. Oh, wow. Mm. And that was it. Yeah. And that was because I was too busy. I made myself too busy. I decided I was too busy to go to the beach. And if I did go to the beach, 
I would feel anxious because I'm too busy oh, and I'm not you. doing all the stuff. Yeah. So now I've gotten to a point, I've worked on my mindset, I've worked on my routine, structured my business in a way as well, and just put those boundaries in place. So a lot of people decide that they can't have a business that would do that. But if you change the business structure or the business model, or there's so many different tweaks that you can make in order to make that a reality. So Fridays are my days to kind of do what I need to. Sometimes I need a damn sleep in, you know, (laughs) Um, because then the weekend is weekend stuff. So it's a bit different. So I have that for Fridays, but sometimes Fridays are just jam-packed with work because I need to catch up, but at least I have that buffer and you're not feeling like you're always behind. And then um, every day honestly looks different. Mm -hmm. Um, And so on Wednesday I had four coaching calls. So that's like four hours of calls, which is quite a lot of energy. Normally I max it at two or three um, because I used to do six a day with zero. Like not even one minute break between them. Oh, no. Phone for six hours straight. No water. And I was like. That was a mistake that I left my calendar open and people were just booking whenever. Yeah. So now I max it. And I only take on a very small amount of one-on-one clients because I basically become part of their team and chat to them mm-hmm. ongoing. So um, that's kind of my day. Now I make sure I have breakfast before I get on the computer and, you know, I have lunch and I have dinner. Whereas before it was like I'd have breakfast at 3 p.m. but I would make it, that was all the meals for the day. Oh, wow. Three course meal because I was like, you know, time. So it was really bad. Um, and yeah, every day looks honestly so different for me. But making sure I eat breakfast in the morning is the first thing. And then also at night, I normally try and go to bed pretty early and put on like a little meditation as well that just gives me a good rest. Because if I don't do the night part properly, then the morning I'm tired, then I snooze a bit longer, then I'm rushing all day and just continues that cycle. So yeah. Yeah, it's so important to set yourself up in your yeah. morning, isn't it? Well, personally, I I've learned a lot from this call already. Do you want to see a coach now? Um, maybe. Like, oh, I think it would be a good thing, but I don't think I need to do it weekly. Do you want to see one? I I still want to see one, and you've like totally convinced mm. me. I might have to send you an email. Um, but I don't do it weekly either. By the I way, I was going to say yeah. I don't know if I can yeah. do it weekly. I do it. So with my one-on-one coaching, I work with people for a minimum of six months, but a lot of them keep signing back up after that um but I do a minimum six months because they're committed to getting results and if they just want like a one-off session they're looking for quick wins and I'm not going to work with people for that so um I do a minimum six months and they have a one-hour call with me once a month because I give them a ton of stuff yeah of course (laughs) it takes them a month to work through it plus they've got life you know and all the other stuff to deal with so I see other coaches doing weekly and I'm like how much are they really getting out of these calls? Like, I don't know what you're giving them that they can action it in a week and then come back. And then they get unlimited access to me via a voice memo app and emails. Mm. So if they get stuck or they're feeling like just shit is hitting the fan today, like what do I do about it? Then they've got access to me. So that's why I only bring on a few um, clients because I'm kind of there for them, you know, Monday to Friday when need and then mm-hmm. the weekends I have to give myself a break <laughs> of course and Fridays now yeah. that you said once a month would you do it once a month yeah probably it's like therapy yeah 100%, 100%. that's what I was gonna say before <laughs> so where can people find you so people can find me on Instagram and my Instagram is jess.williamson8 and all the links to pretty much everything is in my bio we'll pop it um, down below too yeah and then obviously my website as well I have a bunch of stuff and I actually do have a free 
um, limiting beliefs lead magnet um, worksheet, which they can actually work through their limiting beliefs. So it actually comes with a free video lesson. Amazing. So if people like, oh, I need to work on my mindset, then I work through because the problem is most of the time we're just not aware of our limiting beliefs. We're like, this is how everyone's brain works. I'm just going to keep going. 99% of people. Yeah. So people have found that really, really helpful. And it's a a video as well because I think people need to understand the activity. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's got a video and a whole workbook where they can actually work out um, what their limiting beliefs are and then rewire them as well and a practice on how to overcome them. So. That might be quite helpful yeah. as well. We'll put that all down in the notes below, but you've been a breath of fresh air. Like I've enjoyed talking to you. Like Sarah said before, you're very calm. I like it. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and we'll pop all those notes below and I hope you enjoy your beach day. I'm very jealous. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. I can see you guys are rugged up. <laughs> yes, it's cold outside. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's mm-hmm. been awesome to chat. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.